sorry, coughing Sean that recorded that in and regrets recording it now, but can't delete it because he doesn't know how. We are back for another episode of Bond Lair's Bollocks. I meant to put an effect on that. Oh, there we go. Today I'm going to cover some... Didn't mean to press the bollocks button. But to be fair, it's probably accurate. Today, I'm going to be talking about the human brain. Not an actual physical fucking human brain. That would be fair disgusting. Um, although I, I bloody could be. I mean, you've no idea what I'm doing. You can only hear, hear sounds and even then I can edit them. Sort of. I could actually be bollock naked windmilling this entire time. I'm not, but I want to now. But I won't because I have willpower. <laughs> not enough willpower. Um, yeah. <laughs> Could be, uh, snorting cocaine off, uh, Matt's teacher's back. <laughs> or shaking Stephen's leg. <laughs> um, but I'm also not doing those things. Uh, I couldn't afford neither Matt's teacher or shaking Stephen's. <laughs> Um, or the cocaine, to be fair. Oh, shaking Stephen's maths teacher's leg. Anyway. (laughs) The human brain. Jesus Christ, feckin' quarantine will be done and over. We'll all be out and we'll all feckin' die and the dinosaurs will be back by the time I actually get to the fucking topic. (laughs) Okay. Human brain. Superstition. Intelligence. That whole malarkey. All... Tying it in to quarantine as we now have it. Because, remember people, it's not via you or via me. It's via us. us. Okay, I earned that one. Content actually starts at 2.45, so if you've listened this far, skip ahead to 2.45. He's right, you know. 2.45 will get me out together. Ding! Fear. And uncertainty are a big fucking thing right now. Understandably because these are unprecedented times. And what I find helps me is when I feel so anxious about stuff. I mean, I'm not delving into anxiety for what it is right now. That's that's a big, big thing. And I'm not the man to cover that. You could say I'm anxious about it. Um, I'm going to delve into superstition. Just because that part of your brain that overwhelms you and lets you like panic about something irrational okay part of anxiety but you know what I mean over the course of human evolution we develop many traits adaptations and maladaptations a maladaptation is like one that kind of doesn't really benefit us and either dies out or is still there just not really doing anything like there's that thing of that little bone on the knee we haven't a clue what it does. It just causes pain when you get older. But we're actually evolving to kind of... A lot of people have them back now. And we don't know why. Because they're kind of stupid. Uh, there's that little thing that's forming at the back of our heads. That little lump of bone that a lot of people have. And the reason is because we look down a lot. So our posture slightly changes and it calcifies. And there's loads of little stuff like that. But I'm looking particularly at superstition in the brain. Now, superstition and intelligence are linked... Which will, of course, shock us all because, you know, they both live in the brain and are part of brain function. Well done, Sean. Quote of the year. 
So, let's put ourselves in a scenario. Let's, let's go as primordial as we can while still having a person. Let's just go, let's go Stone Age because it gives us some Flintstone visuals. So, imagine you're Stone Age mommy. You're a Stone Age child at this point. So, imagine Stone Age mommy going out doing the Stone Age shopping where there's a lot more threat than there would be now when you do shopping. Um... Mammy goes to Stonesbury's or Mara Stones or Dunstones. She picks up the stuff. She's on the way back. She's walking down the right-hand path home. Out of nowhere. Feckin' saber-toothed tiger jumps down. And starts clawing at her legs. So she starts running. Gets a slash in the back of the legs. Are you running? I need your coin for the trolleys. Keeps She keeps running. Gets home. And the tiger's gone at this point because it stays away from, like, civilization. I mean, Fuck the haters. The hunter, but it knows it will be attacked by them. So it's like... Backing the fuck off and get your land out. Gonna go lick my claws. She gets in home and she, like, is tended to. She heals up. She kept on to the shopping because mommy's her class. Um, so, yeah, she's sorted. And it was a harrowing experience for her. The adrenaline rush kept her alive, but was horrible. And she was complacent before that. Not complacent, but complacent in terms of what came next. She hadn't expected that, wasn't prepared. And she heals. And when it comes time where she has to go and do the shopping again. You and your father sat at home playing with your stones. She does. But on the way back, she sees a left-hand path, which leads her home. They're both roughly the same area, but she goes down it and she's so wary, nothing attacks her. She's home safe. The her adrenaline is up the entire time. She's ready to run because she remembers. She makes it and she's fine. And imagined fear that is it. And the next time she does it, left path again. Nothing happens. She's safe. So she gets home and she eventually becomes complacent. And then one day decides there must be no more tiger. And she goes down the right path. And lo and behold, there's Johnny Tiger. Fuck the Mayweather's. He starts chasing her, slashing out her legs. She makes it home. She's safe. But she will never go down that right path. Even if someone puts up a sign saying no tigers. If it's a shorter path, she's still, her, her body, her instincts will cry out, no, don't do it. Because that's a survival trait. But it is also superstition. As all data she can get a hold of. If she correlates it and it suggests there is no more tiger. If someone feckin' kills a tiger or... Because tigers are sound. Cheers, well, tiger comes in and goes... Your village! I'm off! Good luck! Packs a suitcase, flies off, sends him a photo of itself. Ties up and belly down, bitches. Somewhere else completely. Gap here in New Zealand because my cousin's a pilot. I could still be wary because of what's occurred. Like, so it's experience mixed with your wariness and it becomes irrational because Christ, that keeps you alive. So it was a survival trait. In modern society, it is quite maladaptive because, like, if I'm walking down a strap, I'm a fairly smart fella. Bollocks. I mean, I keep my head above me when I can. If I'm walking down a street and there's a ladder, I won't walk under it. And I mean, yeah... For one thing, that's safety because you don't want a fucking ladder to fall on you. But the other side is, when you're a kid, you're told, don't walk under a ladder, it's bad luck. 
And you just perceive this future of misery where you're like, why me? Because you walked under ladders. So you think, I'm not going to risk it because someone said so. Black cat crosses your path and you're like, and like you're an animal lover. You love cats. It was a gorgeous cat. But because you're told black cats pass you as bad luck, you kind of shit yourself a bit, even though you're like, ha ha, that's stupid. You'll still kind of go, but what if? What, 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 what? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy because that is irrational. It is maladaptive. But we still have it. And in some cases, it is still necessary, like that good instinct, that feeling. We do need it. But we just take it weird. I mean, I'm sure someone who knows their stuff could explain to me that in the brain, X, Y and Z piece together with this. And like the idea of what I'm calling superstition, which has probably got another term than superstition. Um, like it's probably bigger than that or it's a smaller part of a bigger mechanism for survival. It will be the root of where anxiety stems from and everything. I mean, trauma. Yeah, like experience, of course. But look at like where we are now. There's complete uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. You do, When someone coughs, you shit yourself. I'm someone who's like, you can't judge that like, blah, might have it. And a cough doesn't mean they have COVID-19 or anything. But when someone coughs, you're like, shit, and you back away. Your fear just jumps up again. Like, this could be in a place where it's like dusty air and everyone who's in there is in there because they're healthy. They've all tested like negative for like the virus. But if someone coughs, you'll still go, what if it's wrong? And that's a survival trait that's necessary, even though all science points to the other extreme of you being completely wrong. And so we turn into a bit of a dickhead. And like these instincts about you see a video showing toilet paper being bought out. So you go to get toilet paper and there's no toilet paper and you're panicking. So you think the next time I see toilet paper, I'm going to grab so much of this shit. I mean, like I shit once a week. I got I got bad bowel problems, but what if I need it? So you panic by even though you're not a panic buyer. That's because someone read something somewhere that said they should, that it started, even though they know it's irrational. And then the people who make toilet paper kind of go, look, what are you doing? We have loads. We just can't logistically, like, distribute it everywhere. But we have enough. It's easy to make. It's not a problem. We're not short. And you go, that's great. And you go into the shop and you still buy a shit ton because you're like, oh, what if? And it's like, that is entirely irrational thinking, but we're doing it because our instincts say so, because it's safe, because you see other people do it, because all the evidence we're showing points to it. And that's because people are showing photos of empty shelves. People are doing all this stuff. And it's like, we're taking that data and applying it. And even though we know better, we're still superstitious about it. That's why I link superstition to this. If we're in uncertain times, we're in fearful times, and you kind of rely on your instinct more, even when something screams at you otherwise. Just had to stop recording because got a message from the government. Text message saying, stay at home, protect the NHS. Save lives. I'm hoping everyone's following that advice because it is really, really crucial right now, based on the lead up from other countries. Um, yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity to have an advert. A little break. Word from our sponsors. Here at Bond Banking Limited, we care about you. Because we care about you, we believe in you and are fascinated by you. We could say we have more of an interest in you. 
celebrate our spiritual development, we have raised our APR to 40%, because you're a worth it. New loans will begin at a fixed rate of 0% payback on borrowing for the first 0.6 seconds, rising to the aforementioned 50. Did we say 40%? It's 60 now. Bond banking. Unless you're rich, you'll be our bitch. Bond banking takes no responsibility for your or our fiscal failures and our contract is copied and pasted from other banks both with bigger numbers. We don't only sell, but only because it means nothing to us. Self-imposed indenture keeps the economy afloat, so your servitude is important to us. We don't need your money. Playing with the APR is a drinking game of ours. Terms and conditions apply. What? Oh, yeah. Times are hard. Um, I need the sponsorship. Quite badly. And bond banking are... Brilliant and ethical people. <laughs> yes, totally. I'm going to smoothly segue now into the same thing, but slightly different. So, with this whole superstition thing and all, some uh, fascinating tests were conducted. Um, in the 1940s, I think it was 48 because I read this article a while ago and I like to remember things but I've probably forgotten. No, it is 48. Um, fella called B.F. Skinner. Um, I'm assuming he was bullied and like called Body Fragrance Skinner. I don't actually know what his names are. Let's, let's call him Body Fragrance Skinner. He basically got a load of pigeons in 1948, obviously when everything in the world is really good and perfect and there was no bad things happening ever in anywhere at all he uh got a hold of a load of pigeons and he uh starved them as you know you do and he would start giving them food at like well preordained times but he would then vary it to like their reaction so a bird would say spin around and it would get food and they wouldn't get food until they spun around in the same direction. And he would, like, essentially, like, Pavlov condition them into, like, doing this to get their food. Until I came to a point where they believe they are creating the food by doing this. Which is conclusive proof of superstition. But it's like one of those scenarios where you say, you know, it's it's like where you put someone... If you want to test that someone's a complete and total bastard and you like put them in a scenario where the only way out is to press a button that says I'm a complete and total bastard and you say, see, that's conclusive proof that proof that they are a complete and total bastard. It feels like that. But a uh, fine fella came along in the 70s. Uh, I'm going to guess he's fine. I don't know him. I'm sure he's got a lovely mustache. Google him. Peter Killeen. Um, this was in the 70s, but I can't remember the year because I'm bad at everything. So he came along and kind of taught, I don't know if it was like his final year project for university or whatever, or his PhD, and he was like, shit, I can't think of anything. I know, let's challenge Body Fragrance Skinner's ideas. And he did. And kind of took them into better conditions, basically. And he... Uh, put them in more controlled experimental environments, hopefully not just completely starving them. I'd, I'd like to think he was nice to them. 
I've no idea, but for my own internal fantasy, I'm going to assume he was. And that he also trained them to make shit of a load of photos of B.F. Skinner. Like, slag him off and stuff. Like, coo outside his window. Threateningly. <laughs> Fuck coo! Fuck coo! <laughs> um, yeah, so his experience was more controlled. And he basically discerned that they were as capable as humans of, like, discriminating between things. They could judge cause and effect. And like, but it was based on having the information needed, like us. When you have all the information provided, something doesn't cause you to act irrationally. They would like sort themselves out and know what they were doing and stop kind of believing in a fake, spinny god maneuver that gave them food. So kind of like us, really, except not really, because we have access to everything ever on our mobile devices, and we choose to look at stuff that's. I'm not going down that fucking rabbit hole. Think I'm actually going to leave it there because, if I'm honest, like talking about that, I really wish I'd kind of researched that a bit more and got into it in better detail. God, I need to stop pulling stuff out of my arse. Not actually. <laughs> I'm not windmilling anymore. I am currently withdrawing objects from my anal cavity. <laughs> um. Using a shake in Stephen's. Um, sorry about that. I was laughing at myself when I pressed the stop button somehow. I really don't know how. Talking about the two animal experiences that I can barely remember properly because I'm bad at stuff. And the brain thing. I like really want to go into more about that because something that fascinates me is like the development of the animal brain and everything but screw getting a degree because I don't know then I'd actually know something and that would be not fun Lame. but I do want to delve more into that stuff like maybe a bit more of an in-depth look into these two experiments actually read about them properly and come back instead of just barely remembering something because I find it really fascinating stuff and if you don't well then that's grand because I think it probably is just me listening to this again. Um, so yeah, um, stay safe. Please do. World's getting very, very weird at the minute. I kind of feel like three dog out of follow three, except, oh my God, can you imagine me being the radio guy? <laughs> all that three. Being chased by a feckin' superbeard and demeter. Uh, trees, lads. Trees of assholes because I saw it on telly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I don't know much, but I know that we are not all bastards, and uh, for once I'd like to be right, so if people could start to prove me right, that'd be amazing. Thank you very much, and goodbye. <laughs>